Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I am super excited to share with you all this week an amazing interview that I had with my sis, Kiana. Um, This is going to be a part one and part two episode because we talked for so long about her testimony an experience with counseling. And I wanted to share this opportunity um, for you all to listen to this episode because it was so rich and so good. Um, Please come back for part two of this episode because we're going to really dig deep into her therapy experience and how much it helped her and changed her. And so I'm really excited for you all to hear this episode. And so as we're going into the holidays, I know that a lot of people said they enjoyed the spiritual apathy episodes. I actually am doing a lot of studying on spiritual apathy and overall religion and this this relationship with God and really, really, really listening to Holy Spirit as he's kind of showing me a lot of stuff that has been um, very different for me, y'all. Like my relationship with God has shifted in so many amazing ways over the last year. And I really want to share those things with you. And so as I'm processing everything, I did some studying this week and actually got a chance to really, really meditate on um, a couple set of scriptures in Jeremiah that I plan to share within the next couple of weeks. Um, as I'm in my last week of pregnancy and so my baby boy will be here this week and I am beyond excited to meet him. So I'm hoping that I get some time to record that, but if not, you all will definitely continue to hear episodes. Um, I know I'm a little late in posting this, but I hope that you all enjoy the podcast interviews that I have coming up in January. I have an amazing amazing series that's going to be all about motherhood postpartum 
I have a lot of moms that I got an opportunity to interview for their postpartum journey and just got a chance to really delve in deep to what that looks like. I'm interviewing my doula. I have a couple of friends that have gone through some mental health challenges, all have gone to counseling and just talked about their experiences. So I'm really, really excited to share this maternity leave time with you all. And I really hope that you enjoy um, all of these amazing interviews that I have coming up. I even have a special interview with my husband that we're going to do together. And I'm really excited to share that. But that'll probably be sometime in the next year. So enjoy this episode. Come back for part two. And I hope that you enjoy it. Definitely check out my sister, Kiana, who has an amazing podcast called She Believed He Could. And you're going to definitely enjoy her interview. All right, let's get into the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I am your host, Roz Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And I am super excited about this interview per usual. Y'all always hear me say that, but I am excited about this interview because I'm going to be interviewing my sis, Kiana. I met Kiana last year, November of last year, actually, November of last year, 2019 at the Find Your Voice Academy retreat with Tatum. And let me tell y'all, Kiana is so, so, so sweet. And when I met her, I was like super, super, super just like taken aback by her spirit because it is so, so sweet. It is so calming. It's so nice to be around her. And so I really was excited to interview her for this podcast. She is also a fellow podcaster. She's going to talk about her podcast, of course, but I just wanted to give her a little bit of a toot for real quick, girl. And so I want you to say, hey, girl, say hey, sis. Hey, girl. Hey, sis. (laughs) So um, just to give y'all some quick background on Kiana. So about two months ago, I had been really struggling kind of like in my spiritual walk. And I was feeling like I needed to find like some things that could pour into me. And I ran across Kiana's podcast well she of course has been doing it but I was like wanting to listen to it and so I listened to her podcast probably like around September and baby girl (laughs) I told her before we recorded I was like that podcast filled me so much just her words her testimony and of course like I said she's going to talk about it we're going to talk about her therapy journey and God of course but it just was so powerful to me and so if y'all have not had the opportunity to listen to her podcast she believed he could please 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 go listen to it of course you're going to get to know her on this podcast but leave this podcast and go listen to her because it was so good it was so filling to me and I needed it and so I know it's going to bless you so Kiana why don't you just go ahead and say hey tell us a little bit about you um, and tell us what you do 
Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rosalind, for just having me on your podcast. I am a, a listener myself. I am subscribed. Okay. This isn't no, uh, we met and we became friends. No, like I listen to this podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, and you had a lot to do with my journey going to therapy and just all of the things, but like Rosalind said, I am a podcaster and I like how we say a fellow podcaster, like we a whole gang out here, like gang gang, but um, period, period. like we, we our own little community of people. So yes, I started She Believe He Could podcast. Um, It's something that has been really brewing in my heart. Um, Little fun fact, when I went to the Find Your Voice podcast retreat, I didn't have a podcast at the time and I wasn't really looking to do one at the time. Um, I believe that God just needed me to be in the room as a disciple and witness some things that I am now walking into in my, my now season. So all that came back full circle, but I'm a mom. I am a young mama of four, married seven years. Um, I'm from Texas. So when I see yes. Tennessee, I'm Texas. Okay. And so, you know, she gonna be a little country and that's just what it is. But she believed he could, um, it really originated from a mindset shift. Um, you know, you see that, that quote time and time again, she believed she could, so she did. And I always had a problem with that quote because somebody who's dealing with self-worth and value and not feeling adequate you're not going to believe in that quote you're not going to do anything because you don't believe that you can oh that's good I was like if I don't believe that I can I'm not going to do it and you know it's not that I can't but I just don't believe that I can and so she believed he could really came from a faith um root where I wanted to take the secular world and the church and meet them in the middle to where if you're feeling with, um, you know, unworthiness and you're feeling with doubt and fear and all of the things from your past, but you're trying, you know, where you're trying to go, but your past is withholding you. So, okay, we need to shift your mindset in such a way to where you can start looking at the word of God and you can see you in the scriptures. And that's what I love when I personally read the word of God. I, I break the word down so much so to where you know, I just recorded a podcast on Bartimaeus, like that's the homie. And, you know, the story alone, Jesus healing a blind man, I was like, okay, what else did, you know, I'm, so, I'm more intrigued on the person who received the healing, because there, I want to know exactly how it feels to be in their shoes. So on the podcast, I, I I'm in the word um, each episode, and I break that down in such a way to where it'll really get you to thinking like, let me go back and read that. Like, yes. what, like what Bible says reading out of like the same one that you can be reading out of, We, you know, and that's the whole point of what God needed me to do. He needed me to shift the mindset of he needed people to get back in his word and he needed you to see yourself right there between the lines. So. Yes. Yes. Okay. So wait, you said a couple of things that I really wanted to touch on and you talked about how for one, like she believed he could encompasses this really what I'm perceiving this this renewing of our minds of believing God to be the thing that we need especially especially as it comes with 
us believing who we are and looking in the word to find out who we are. Cause that has a whole lot to do with identity, which is a whole thing that we miss as women. Sometimes we don't really yes. know who we are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can't really take steps to believe in who you are when you don't even really know who you are. And so I love that because it reminds me of the identity factor that goes into when you have a relationship with God and believing in the things that he tells you to do. So that's just overall bomb. But then just tie into the aspect of we are not held down by our past. We're not held down mm-hmm. by when we come to God and yes. need healing and all of those things. Like it, it makes so much sense into the identity piece of it. That's why I love the title of it. Yes. And also, um, I remember when God first gave me that mindset shift, he started me in a place to, he always start with the person he gives the ministry to. So it's going to start with you. Girl, as in girl, you, Right. Girl. He's going to work that out through you before you can go out to his people and begin to right. um, shed light and be the light for the people in the world. He needs to build you up in faith first. Right. And so she believed he could, it, it, it started off with a, a declaration that I was declaring and decreeing over women And we were starting from the place of struggle. So I wanted you to embrace your struggles and knowing that there is somebody in this Bible that has been through or is currently uh, or whatever you're currently in, somebody has been there. So God was needing me to embrace women by their struggles. So knowing exactly what you've come from, what you're walking with, and then saying, okay, well, how can we shift it to see God's hand over your life? And how can we shift this to see God's promise in that very situation that you're walking in. So let's go to the word of God and let's look in the scriptures because I'm going to always encourage you to go back to the Bible. And then for those who don't necessarily read their Bibles or have a hard time with their Bible, that is the platform of the podcast. So therefore you can hear real life conversation in regards to scripture. And then and it'll trigger your, your, your mindset in such a way to where God is going to sprinkle some curiosity there to where you're going to say, hmm, now I want to know what happened with Bartimaeus. So, you know, why is he the homie? Like, why he's so cool? Well, you have to go read his story in the book of Mark to figure out exactly why I feel the way I feel. So it's all about the way we perceive things as the human body. Girl, listen, girl, we ain't even gotten to the questions. Okay, because. I think that is so true because I think in our limited way of thinking, we create these perceptions of what it looks like to be a woman of God, Mm -hmm. what it looks like to be a Christian walking with God. And because of that, we put these pressure points on ourselves to be perfect, Mm -hmm. not recognizing that that's not the reality of when we come to God. I was telling somebody that earlier this morning, I was talking to her and I was saying, you know, all the people that came to Jesus were broken. They were broken. They were sick. They were unhealed. And we get into our mindset that we have to be this perfect person Mm -hmm. to come to God. And that's just not the case at all. And so I like how you said, just taking it even a step further within scripture to like dig deep into those people of yes we're focusing on Christ and yes we're focusing on what Christ did but there was also a person behind the representation of who they were coming to him yes that's so good mm-hmm. that's deep <laughs> okay we ain't gotten to the questions okay 
Yes. But that was good. Okay. So, so I want you to share, you have a beautiful story about how you came to know God. So I want you to kind of share that story and you can okay, start wherever, so. wherever you want to. <laughs> Cause I know you're like, it's okay. not a long story, but just start wherever you want to. You know what it is because I always try to figure out what was the starting point with me. And I have to go back until I was a child because I grew up fatherless in the earth. And I have to be clear when I say in the earth, um, because as we get to know God and we, you know, we start to have a, a father and daughter relationship, then you have a father in heaven. But growing up, you know, I was raised by a single mom and we weren't, you know, I didn't grow up in religion, nor did we go to church on a regular. But when we went to church, there was something pulling on my heartstrings now that I know is the Holy Spirit. But through praise and worship, I would just be in awe of this God in heaven. And they called him Father and they called him Lord and they call him uh, the all magnificent. And they called him all of these things that I didn't have in my, you know, my own personal life growing up. And so that intrigued me. That made me want to know more about him. I wanted to see him. You know, um, we grew up Baptist. So in and out of Baptist church, they say the Holy Ghost. So, you know, every every head bow, every eyes closed. Well, I never did that. I wanted to see exactly who this Holy Ghost was. I wanted to see God, the presence of God. I wanted to see. And throughout my years of growing up, I always knew I couldn't see him. I couldn't at the time I couldn't feel him, but I wanted him. That desire was brewing in my heart, like from such a young age. And it came from the absence of an earthly father. And so I didn't know who God truly was to me until I had an encounter with Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time, because a lot of people miss that connection between them and God because they leaving out the Jesus piece. Come on here. I didn't know who God was to me in my life. And this was as an adult until I had an encounter with Jesus. So the Bible talks about the woman at the well. I was the woman at the well. Okay, Jesus met me in the very pit that I was in. And. I was, I was just covered in pain, guilt, shame. I didn't know if I was coming or going, sis, but I knew that somewhere deep inside of me, that, that fire that I once felt as a child was still somewhere lit. I just didn't know how to find it. I didn't know how to, to, to capture it. I didn't even know where to begin. And so having that encounter with Jesus and him coming and saying, I died for the, for every emotion that you're feeling right now. I died on the cross for all of it. So accepting Jesus to my heart, I've been walking with Jesus now for about six years. I'm 30. So there is a lot that Jesus had to, and he's still having to reassure my heart, reaffirm my heart that I died for that very thing. I died for that. I mean, he constantly has to tell me that. And so through Jesus, I, I got to know the father and as I, as I love and I adore the father, there's a relationship that started to form in such a way to where he is my only safe place. Like Literally. In, in this world of sin and the chaos of what goes on on a day-to-day, that is my one safe place. And when I, and I'm, when I'm feeling like, you know, life is at its lowest peak right now, I know that God 
is always good and that he is all knowing and all loving. And so it, you know, nothing will ever happen in this world where I can't think back to that day that, G- that I had that encounter with Jesus. So I think that's what really keeps my relationship thriving because when God pulls you out of a pit, you know, that's something you can't ever forget. That's something you're, you're not willing to risk. You're not willing to give it up for nobody, nobody, because your life is not yours anymore. Like God came and saved me. So, yeah, so I owe it to him. You know, I owe him everything. So he is father and I love him with all of me. And six years later, I am potentially and intentionally walking in the very things that he needed me to be six years ago, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you think, like, first of all, girl, (laughs) just the way you describe the connection with Christ and God, like that reminds me of when I was in, um, when I was in high school and I would, you know, go to church and I would be in church and I would hear praise and worship and I would feel the presence of God. Mm-hmm. But it's very different when you experience it for yourself. Like oh, as a teenager, you're kind of under the, for me, I was under kind of the relationship with God because of the example of my mom. But it's not really until I became an adult that I came mm-hmm. to understand what that relationship meant. And it really wasn't until I went to counseling that I recognized the grace of God. And man, like when I tell you, it's just, it, it brought so much light to me because Mm -hmm. it made me realize God wanted the deep parts of me. And I didn't know that that was what I had to give him. I didn't know that that was a requirement. I thought it was just, oh, you know, I pray and I do this or I praise and worship, but like genuine relationship required me to give parts of myself to him that I didn't know I had to, or that he wanted, like he wanted those deep roots. He wanted the shame. He wanted the guilt. He wanted the disappointment. He wanted the unforgiveness. It it wasn't a picture perfect thing for sure, but it was very like overwhelming to me to know like this guy that people talk about or that I thought I knew who I know for sure as I'm building relationship with him is that he wants these ugly parts of me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is just perfect to what even led me to go into therapy sis. So that, I mean, you are spot on. Okay. Like. Yeah. Talk about, so I'll say, so tell us a little bit about your therapy experience. when did you go and kind of what pushed you to go? Because that's like you said, it's a perfect segue, but like, for me, it was very much so understanding I ain't the only Christian that's struggling right now, God. Mm-hmm. Like, it got to be some other people that's going through. But I can't be like to be in a relationship with my husband in a way that's healthy, to be in a relationship with myself and then understanding my relationship with God. I had to like really understand how to deal. And it was and at that point I wasn't dealing with my emotions well and it wasn't until I went that I really recognized oh no there's deep-rooted things that you haven't dealt with that are causing you to project so much out to other people and project it onto God that may not that's not even true 
Yeah. So, but go ahead, talk about your experience. Okay. So, um, prior to me going to therapy and being committed this year, I've only been to therapy one time my whole life. And I remember it was like sixth grade year and it was a requirement for my mom. Um, I think something happened with the school system. And so they needed us to go to therapy and we were, it was a group therapy session at that. So it was more so like, let's talk about your feelings and, you know, how did that make you feel? And so I've never really had good or bad um, hesitations when it came to therapy, but up until this year, I didn't really know how much I needed it. Mm. And I could tell you when God really planted that seed in my heart. It was February 2nd when Dr. Anita Phillips Girl. preached at the Potter's house. Girl. Do you remember that sermon? Good ground. Girl. I love me some Dr. Anita Phillips. Man. Oh my gosh. That Beautiful. sermon, you know, and this is the thing when you are in relationship with God, and you were, you were singing out, you know, God, use me, refine me, send me all of these things. And God is saying, and that's the very thing that I'm going to do. However, there is a, I feel like we draw a line with God and say, okay, God, you can use all of this, but all this stuff down here, I'm still working on. So you can't really use that right now. <laughs> so that that the inadequacy pops up mm-hmm. that that oh how can you use me when I still am like this Lord like yes and God is saying those are the very things that I'm qualifying you to do this so if you would acknowledge that stuff I can really take you place places Ooh. I can really oh. take you where I need you to go but you haven't even acknowledged the very things that you're gonna need in order to be qualified on where you're going right so, so that sermon she preached February 2nd I reached out to a therapist February 13th I was so moved by the spirit of God and the way that she blended mental health and Bible it my spirit received it um I felt a feeling I had never felt before I mean I literally was just shaking in tears that she opened my eyes in the spirit to what ground I am praying to my God on. Do you hear me? She showed me the ground that I pray over, that I cry to. She showed me that very ground. And when I realized what ground that was, I said, I need help. I need help. Not enough prayer. Um, I can't fa- fasting and praying. I'm just going to I, I wouldn't eat if if all I did was fast and pray because this ground was so, uh, it was so toxic and I didn't realize it that the same ground that I'm praying to and believing God uh, to do things with was the same ground that I suppressed the shame, the guilt, the the fear, the the teenage pregnancy, the broken relationships, the you know growing up fatherless and how that made me feel. The same ground I'm trying to plant seeds of hope, faith, obedience, uh, revelation, Holy Spirit. The same ground I'm trying to plant seeds of good underneath at the core was the the stuff that I was refusing to dig up girl hold on I got some files she <laughs> got the files okay I don't have edges Kiana I don't have edges Lord Jesus okay baby girl wait you just said a mouthful see what I'm saying since these y'all like 
okay but you said the same ground that i'm over here praying over and asking god for hope for and asking Mm -hmm. god to take residence in it's also the same ground i'm refusing to deal with because i think we think and truly too this was me as well Oh, because I'm not in that situation anymore or because that situation has passed over or time has gone or I'm now saved. So those things don't even matter, Mm -hmm. but you haven't really tilled this soil to pull it up to actually plant something. It's just hard ground or it's rocky ground or it's ground that every time God, you do plant a seed of hope, the birds take it or the circumstances are like all of that as a means to try to cover up be perfect be self-righteous be Mm. prideful be like oh god got it or the lord's gonna take care of it i'm believing him to do it but it's like you won't even deal with it yeah and that's what i be that's what i always say is like you cannot heal if you don't deal with Mm -hmm. it you just can't and so describing all of those things it's like, yeah, those were very present things that happened that were never discussed or talked about. And they weren't talked about in the light of the Lord. Because no. here's the thing, when God comes in, he's like, oh, I'm finna shine. And then when you invite him in, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm finna shine this bright light on all this. And you're looking like, what do you mean? No, this mm-hmm. was supposed to be a, a clean space. What, what, what is all this? You know? Yeah. Yes. So God revealed to me that what the ground that I had was that thorny ground. And Dr. Anita said, it's the ground of almost. So I would start the plan, but I wouldn't produce it. I would uh, do all of the things. I would come up with the business name. I would come up with the podcast name and I almost released it. And so when I realized that I had a thorny ground, that the seeds, they would sprout, but they wouldn't survive. They wouldn't sustain in my spirit. Those seeds would sprout, but then the thorns would come and choke it out. Literally, I would be like, I don't know what happened. It's like I had all the things. I had all the business plans. I did all of the right steps. I went to this conference. I did this. I did that. And still nothing happened. And it's because I wasn't attending to my own ground. And so going to therapy, my uh, my very first therapy session was February 25th. So all this happened within two weeks. Do you hear me? The Holy Spirit don't have to take uh take, take long no with time. me. He don't take no time. Sis. No, no time. You tell me what I need to do. Okay. And that's one thing about being obedient in the spirit that when the Holy Spirit gives you something, you got to move on it right. And yeah. you have the urgency in your heart. Oh yeah. It's like you can't even halfway you can't halfway sleep. Like mm-hmm. it, you feel the urgency that he's giving you to do something. Mm-hmm. It's hard so, to describe, but it's very real. It's very real. And and it's something that's going to, I mean, you're going to go to sleep to it. You're going to wake up to it. It's going to be on your heart and on your mind throughout your day. And you just can't shake it. And the Holy Spirit ain't going to let you go because, you know, he, as you know, Jesus said, he comes to be the help. So even in the midst of our days, our busiest days, that, that knock on your door, you will still hear that same knock so within two weeks I had my first therapy session now I only had three 
things that I was looking for in a therapist. She had to be a woman of color. She had to be a woman of marital status. Okay. And she had to be a woman of faith. I needed, I needed her to be a woman that, that says a lot, but then I needed her to be a woman of color because I am a, I am a first generation of breaking off generational curses. So the stuff that's on me, they not necessarily for me, or from me, but they're from my mother and my grandmother and her mother. And they are women of color who've experienced things in life that I really haven't. So I needed her to kind of work that out too. So I made sure that that was on the top of the list. And then a woman of marital status. I can't say that enough because knowing that I'm married and you married. Okay. So when I have points in my session, I need you to know where I'm really coming from as a married woman. Um, because especially being a woman of faith in married, because our views are now changed. They're, they're different because now we're, we're, we're leading to love our husband biblically. So like I said, woman of color, woman of faith and woman of marital status. And I found my therapist and I was so excited to meet her. Um, I was just, I had all these expectations and we had about three sessions before COVID hit, literally about three sessions before COVID hit. And then we had like a virtual session during the time that we were quarantined. And I can't be thankful enough because only God knew COVID was coming, okay? So if I would have dragged my feet or stepped out in disobedience and not followed up, I wouldn't have had the chance to even have gone to the three sessions that I had, or I wouldn't have even had the time to even have that interaction with my therapist before COVID. So that's why the time was so urgent because God is saying, you got to move now. You have to create some type of status and relationship with, with the therapist right now. And I'm so grateful that I did because three sessions and then going one into COVID, it prepared me for the pandemic. It was out of protection that I even had therapy. I'm like, man, I thought I was going for one thing and God was saying, oh, there's so much more. There's so much more. And Girl, it hits you like a ton of bricks because I went because I was like, oh, I just need to talk through me about mm-hmm. to being married and then ended up going for two years. Yeah. that was one of my first questions I asked my therapist I said so you don't really make a plan for me you know how long I'm gonna be with you do you like because I can't I don't really know that there's an end date I just need you to know that like this is where God has me right now you know I don't know if if some therapists come up with like a little plan like okay uh, we're gonna do a new eval and then you know I'm gonna work with you for so many weeks and then you know we're gonna recap your what you know your status and see where how you're doing to see if you still need therapy. And I'm like, well, I just didn't want her to have a call on that because I needed her to know that God had his hand on this. And when he says, okay, you good, or that that door is now closed, then we will address it at that time. But I needed her to know, like, I don't need you coming up with no six month plan, no three month plan. I'm here until the Lord says otherwise. And so she was like, oh yeah, definitely. So what really pushed me into therapy was knowing that I had the thorny ground. Once I realized that the seeds that I was planting were getting choked out by all of the doubt and the fear that I was refusing to address deep, deep, deep down. 
I needed to go back. I think I was I was so surface with God in the beginning. I, I here I was having this beautiful relationship with him, but I was only giving him five, six years of my life. I God was saying, I need more. Girl. And I'm like, God, I, I am here before you, Lord. I am surrendering all. And God is saying, You're not giving me what I need. God is saying the very things that you were crying out to me for, you're not giving them to me. So he needed me to go back 10. 15 years he needed me to go back to the 14 year old me and 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 not to interrupt you but that is the space mm-hmm. we don't or i don't say we because i know i done went back some too but <laughs> like you said surface mm-hmm. surface we so surface we equate our relationship with God to what we can do, what he can tell us about the direction of our business. We equate our relationship with God to what he can tell us about who we're supposed to be with. We equate our relationship with God to all these things related to um, where I'm supposed to be going in my direction. But he's like, that's cool and dandy. I need this other stuff first though. Yeah. I need these other things from you. I need you to go all the way back to five years old. I need you to go. Like, I remember a, a session my therapist did with me where we literally were talking about, I never wanted to address my dad with, with God. Cause I was like, that's not really nothing I need to address. Like he wasn't really around. He was, you know, doing all this kind of stuff on my mama. Like, I don't really want to address it. Plus I'm an adult. I'm not in that situation anymore. Let's move on. But there was so much deep-rooted stuff related to him that impacted the way I looked at God as father, that there was no other re- there was no other way to deal with why am I so surface with God? Why do I look at God as a punisher? Because mm-hmm. that was all I looked at my father was. He was a punisher. I only interacted with him when I got in trouble. We never had communication. So my communication issues that I had with God where I would get mad when something wouldn't go my way and would ignore God for months because that was what my dad did. Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't talk to each other. If he if I got mad and I wouldn't talk to him. And so these we don't realize that when we don't go back. We're having the expectation of all these blessings, but we're not willing to really surrender all of the ground to him. Yes. And that is so good. And as you were talking, you were basically, um, as you looked at God in heaven, our, our heavenly father, you like you were reflecting your earthly father as father. And because I didn't have that, I didn't really have any type of perception or reflection of who God was, but what God was showing me because I refused to deal with the ground that I was praying over and that I was um, blessing and believing in God for, he was saying that it was hindering the blessings to come. So um, not really addressing the teenage pregnancy, not really addressing um, all of the doubt and the fear that I had growing up um, with a single mother. And then all of these things, it was starting to brew over into my marriage, over to me being a mother, over to me being believing in God for a business because of the fear and the doubt and all of that was choking out those seeds that I was praying and believing in God for. And God was saying, I need you to address that. I need you to be free from that. Those roots go deeper than your love for me. 
God was showing me that those the, those roots to those seeds was they were running deeper than my love for him. And that that really hurt my feelings because I'm like, Father, you know, I don't want to believe that those things are, you know, in as far as weight, those things outweigh my love that I have for you. And God was saying, well, they do. And that's the thing. We don't want to believe or have this perception that, you know, our past is hindering our future because we're over that. We, you know, we good. You know, I don't think about it. You know, I, I'm healed. I'm whole God. And God is saying, you have forgotten who created you. I know the hairs on your head. I, I, before you was formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So the very things that you're trying to keep confided in, um, you know, in secrecy from me are the very things that I want are the very things that I need. And I didn't know how to give it to him. The thing is, God, I would come to him in prayer and I would journal about him. And I would say, you know, God, thank you for bringing me out. Thank you, God, for always having a hand over my life. Thank you. I was thanking him for the overcoming, but I, I never really invited him back into those spaces because those spaces were before I was saved. Those spaces were before I started walking with Jesus. I never brought him into that space. It's like, God, just keep walking me over here where we're good. And I know your name to be good. I never invited him back into those spaces. And God is saying, he was showing me that because I was ashamed that I wanted to be this perfect daughter. I wanted to be this, this all loving, this all praising daughter. And God is saying, I don't need you to praise me and love me on the good ground. I need you to get dirty. I need you to get dig deep and get messy. I need you to dig up some of that stuff so you can know how far your love can really run for me. Because God was showing me once I dig up all this stuff, that my love for him will run just as deep as those roots once were. And if that's, and, and you know, with the roots and when you're trying to dig up roots, if they're so deep in that ground, you can hang it up. You're not, you're not plucking those roots up out the ground. And God was showing me that that's where my fear was. And that's where my shame was and my guilt. And I was refusing to dig it up. And so therapy has allowed me to cultivate that ground. I'm able to discuss it, um, and I invite God into those spaces. Like I pray before I go into sessions. I, I call on the name of Jesus oftentimes. Um, and I know the Holy Spirit is there with me because I can talk about those things without feeling some type of emotion. I don't, I don't, I can talk about those things without crying, without getting angry, without shutting down. Cause I know that he is with me and that he got me and that he's holding my hand through those sessions. Girl, keep going. I'm sorry. So I don't think I would have been able to cultivate that ground without seeking therapy. Why? Because I didn't know that I needed to address those issues. I was going to therapy thinking, okay, um, let's go back five years. Okay, I've been married seven. I got some children I could talk about. But God was saying, you are still refusing to talk about the very things that are that that I'm going to need to bless to bless the ministry but it has to start with you 